We're going to be uh, sharing a message tonight uh, out of Numbers, the uh, 13th chapter. And we deal with the subject, and I've called it, to obstacles to faith. Uh, you and I, of course, um, know that every single day we make thousands and thousands of choices. We know that there are some choices that are a bit insignificant, like, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? Or, you know, which way am I going to leave the church parking lot, etc. And then there are those choices that are ginormous. I mean, they're really, really, really big. It's like, wow, what, God, what is it that you want us to do sacrificially for the kingdom of God? Some are small and some are great. And the most important decisions, I think, as I study God's Word, are those decisions that relate to our spiritual being, our spiritual person. God, uh, I want to make a decision to grow in you, and I'm going to follow that decision up by digging deeply into the resources of your Word and my own personal devotion, and I'm going to grow. My faith is going to get stronger. Those decisions might reflect my relationship with God. God, am I lukewarm like Revelation speaks about? Am I aggressive in my relationship? Am I, am I really turned on and am I going after you and my passion is about you? Another is, boy, I want to testify about my faith. I, I, I believe God more today can do greater things than I've ever believed him for. Why, just the other day, Something that I've been praying for and believing God for happened and share that testimony. And the other directs us toward a more fulfilled life. Because you see, the sweetest life is the life that is in hot pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text deals with a group of chosen people. It's, it's the Israelites. They're the people of God. And, and they're on the threshold you know the story in, in Numbers, the 13th chapter. They're on the threshold of great spiritual opportunity. It is unprecedented to them like no other time in their history. And there they stand with that door that's opened with the promise of God. And here's what happened. They made the wrong choice. They missed it by a country mile. If we're going to make right choices about our faith and about God and about His church and about the way we live, we're going to have to learn that it is a process. That in our growth process, we don't make the same spiritual mistakes now as we have lived for God a number of years as we did when we first got saved. We understand the power of what it makes to have the right decision at the right place at the right time. As you'll see as we just kind of plow through for the next few moments, number one, fear is the tie that binds. The enemy of faith is what? Fear. <coughs> the enemy of faith is fear. Let's deal with that. In Numbers, if you don't mind, 1327, they, they gave Moses this account. This is the people of God. These are the spies. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it, do, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Listen to this statement. Those who fear the future are likely to fumble the present. 
Let that seek in. Those who fear the future are likely to fumble the present opportunity that they may have. The wrong decision was created out of fear. Let me share with you several things that I think that might reference that particular statement. Number one, here's what I know. They had the same opportunity, those that fear, the ten, the ten spies, the twelve spies, ten of them had the same opportunity as the two who had faith. Same thing, same opportunity, same place, same situation. In Numbers 13, 26, it says, There they reported to them and to the whole assembly, and they showed them the fruit of the land. One huge, one huge group of, of grapes. It took two people to tote that huge cluster of grapes. They were so large, so big, and so heavy. And they had the same report with the same people. That opportunity was there. Here's what else. They saw the good in their heads, but not in their heart. And we find that in Numbers 13, 27. You sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. We know you sent us in there. We know that it flows with milk and honey. That's in my head, but it's not in my heart. Number three, they turned a good report to a negative one. And notice what the word is in Numbers there, 1328, nevertheless. We see the good report. We're with the same people that's giving positive testimony, and we understand what we have observed, but nevertheless. Look out, some trouble is on its way. The people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, the children of Anak reside there. These are the grapes. This is the fruit. Nevertheless, this is what we saw. Number four, they enlarged the negative report. You see, negative attitude, negative thinking about everything. If you hear something, or listen, that happened, and you're the one who constantly gives the negative side of it, look out, my friend, because it will adversely affect your life in every decision. A negative report constantly. They enlarge the negative report. And here's what it says in Numbers 13, 28. But, that's another word. Nevertheless is one, but, but. The people who live there are powerful. We know the report, but the people there are power. I'm giving you my testimony. I was one of the ten spies, but listen, I, you see the graves, yeah, but the people there are powerful. Number five, they rejected an encouraging word from others. These ten are testifying, but Caleb, in chapter 13, verse 30, silenced the people before Moses and said, we ought to go up, but the men... But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They shared the negative report. You have two sides. You get to choose. That's usually about choices. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to take a step of faith? Are you willing to dig deeper? Are you willing to sweat a little bit? Are you willing to get out there and not knowing where you're going to step? Are you willing to open that door that God seems to be opening? Are you going to play it safe over here and say, I've done that before. I went through a door that looked just like that one, and that is not for me. You cannot build a church when you simply believe the negative report. There are times that you say we function 
living by faith. We operate by faith, and we are people of faith. Amen? We are people of faith. They influence, number six, they influence others to become negative. Do you know what? It takes a whole lot more energy to sell people on the positive than it does on the negative. People will believe a negative report and gossip a whole lot quicker than saying, hey, that's the good report. It's going to cost us a little bit, but we can do it by the grace of God. Oh, I don't have the energy. I don't have the faith. I'm afraid that if we do that, it's not going to happen. Numbers 13, 32, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. Your God, let's say your God, You've given them the promise. You've given them the opportunity. Twelve went in there, and you hear the majority, ten of them say, hey, this is not going to happen. But the promise of God has already been given. You see, friend, the church will catch fire. Families will catch fire spiritually. Churches will catch fire spiritually. Christianity will catch fire spiritually. in a moment's notice, if we believe in the positive outcome of the Lord. Number seven, they possessed a poor self-image. A poor self-image. Here's what I know. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Number eight, they cause others to miss their potential. When you are not functioning in your potential, and you are not functioning in your faith, you adversely affect other people. You bring depression, you open the door to discouragement to them, and it's easier to believe the negative report rather than the positive report. Give a positive report. Find something positive out of it because you encourage people, you inspire people by saying you can do better than what you did before. You did a great job, but you can step out there. This church started. I went back some information the other day when this church started going on 30 years ago everywhere I looked I saw people functioning in faith I saw people making sacrifices I saw people making second efforts I saw people rolling their sleeves up and said oh yes we can I saw individuals say it doesn't matter what the media says it doesn't matter what the critics say here's what we know we have heard from God we're going to pick up and we're going to enlarge our tent we're going to strengthen our stakes and we're going to do what has not been done and today you and I benefit from the faith of those people early on at Victory Church. Somebody say a good amen. And many of you in this room were a part of that. It did not just happen. The one thing worse than a quitter is a man who is afraid to start. Here's number two. Common misconceptions about the process. I want faith. God says exercise what you have. So faith and the exercise of faith is a process. You will have to get your feet wet. You will have to risk. You will have to go where you've never gone. You will have to talk a talk that you've never talked before. You will have to think in a different realm than you've been thinking in the past. You will think your best ability, but then drop a little bit of the spice of the supernatural in it, and God will surprise you. Numbers 13. 1931 but the men who had gone up with him said we can't attack these people they are stronger than we are who says who says they're stronger who says they're stronger 
Do you and I think for a moment God would send us to a lion's den if he didn't have the ability to protect us? Do you think for a moment he would allow us to go into a fiery furnace walking by faith, but what, he would not give us a fire suit? Do you think for one moment that God would say, hey, get out there on walk on the water, but keep your eyes on me if he thought he was luring you out to drown? Hello? Get over the side of the boat, get out there and walk, but keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The differences between fear and faith are as follows. I'd like to share that with you. Number one, fear places our circumstances between God and us. That giant is between me and God. Faith places God between our circumstances and us. God says, I'll not leave you nor forsake you. Fear removes the power of present living. Miserable life, status quo. Faith releases the power of present living. What a life. What a thrilling opportunity God has given us. Look what the Lord has done. There are two, two dangerous misconceptions about what I'm speaking about tonight. And that is this. Number one, that I want to share with you, we are stuck with the faith or the lack thereof that we presently possess. Well, I've got my faith and, and that's it. I'm stuck with this much faith. That's a lie. That's a misconception. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And it will stymie you. Paul writes in Romans 1, 16 and 17 this. He said, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is he saying? Faith, faith produces faith. Faith, faith nurtures faith. Faith causes bigger faith to come. Well, if I've got faith to go this far, then it is possible that we can have the faith to go this far. So he says in Paul's writings, listen, you can have faith and that faith can grow by the power of God, but it is exercised as you continue to move forward. Faith has the ability and power to grow, but it must be nurtured. But here's what I know about fear. Fear will, will be like an unwanted weed. You don't have to do anything to that weed. It just will grow on its own. Leave it alone, and it'll grow. The Scripture declares without faith, it is impossible to please God. Here's another misconception. Number two, faith can be productive when left alone. That's a misconception. You see, faith will die unless it's exercised. You will not gain ground, you will lose ground. Faith has to be nurtured. Faith has to be fired up. Why? Because human nature gravitates to the lower level and fear is of the lower level. Fear and negative thoughts will grow when faith is not growing. And here's what's happening. Either your faith is advancing and your faith is growing and you're taking steps of faith, you're in your devotions, you're in your Bible study, you're in your prayer life, you are sacrificing, you are witnessing, you are doing the things of the spiritual disciplines that you know you should do and that faith is growing. And if your faith is not growing, here's what will happen, my friend. You will become weary and well-doing. You will become lukewarm and you will lose your first love because fear will overcome the faith factor. 
Love in any relationship that you respect has to be nurtured. The old guy said, when's the last time you told your wife you loved her? He said, I've been married 10 years, and I told her the day I got married, and that's enough for me. That's all I need to tell her. She knows that I love her. How many of you ladies know that any woman ought to deserve a little more than that? Amen? A two-by-four helps love along. I love you. We say it. We practice it. it is, it's absolutely important. The characteristics of what faith is. The primary faith, when I first get saved, the basic foundation. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Primary faith saves us, and that's eternal life. But powerful faith sustains us in that daily life. Our primary faith assures us of our identity. Powerful faith demands that we reach our potential. God says, you can't just stay there. God says, you can't enjoy this promised land. You're going to have to fight for it. I want you to know you're going to have to go in. Those people, Anak, though they are big, I've given you the anointing to beat them and to overtake their land. That is powerful faith. We know that primary faith gives us security. I'm saved and I know that I'm saved. How wonderful is that? But powerful faith challenges us to stretch, to stretch, to move beyond where we are presently, stretch. And don't you know that when you stretch yourself in any area that it hurts? Amen? If you're doing push-ups, like I've thought about doing for years, like a hundred of them, If I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to have to think about, instead of 100 push-ups, I'm going to have to think about 105 push-ups. How many of you know that I can think about it all day long, and it's not going to help me? But get out there and do it is going to cause you to stretch and the ability to say, wow, I thought 100 is all I could do, but now that I've done 100, how many more do I need to do? Amen? Finally, number three faith it's a choice developing your faith is a choice i live in the frying pan you know that's where i live i live in that frying pan and god knew my nature i don't know why and how he called me in the ministry i just said yes and i've never been disappointed in what god has in store for me amen and you know what i like to take people with me i like to just say come on let's go I like to say to people, you can do better than what you think you could do. I like to say to people, you gave this, now you can give that. I like to tell people, you won one soul, go out there and get you ten more. Because serving God and developing that faith is the choice. Now, here's what it says in Numbers 14.8. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Who said that? How many vote David? How many vote Delilah? Okay. How many know that it was Caleb? Hmm? Caleb and Joshua. 
standing in all the multitudes who are already believing the ten's negative report. <coughs> and they step forward. The minute you step forward out of what might be the majority that's frozen in fear, you get ready for a personal attack. You get ready for the enemy to take aim at you, and he is a pretty good shot. And not only will he do that supernaturally, but I found he has a whole lot of helpers. Individuals that will try to discourage you, tell you you're crazy. Individuals that will tell you you're doing way too much. Joshua and Caleb both chose, chose to exercise their faith. They chose to do that. We have ample opportunity. Every time we present to you a special need, it is an opportunity to stretch your faith. It's not about money. It is about, okay, God, I can do, I think I can do this. I think, God, you'll bless me. I'll do the best that I can. And God never, never, never disappoints us. If we're going to learn how to choose to exercise our faith, there is a process that is developed. I remember the first time I was telling someone the other day, we were in a building program down in Mulberry, and I thought, God, what are we going to do? I've talked about Lily Bell Bender, and Lily Bell, of course, was that precious. I was going through photos and, uh, of uh, that building program and the people there, and it was just contagious around there as God exploded the church in a positive way. And I noticed Lily Bell right on the front row. I said, look at there, there's Lily Bell. I remember as, uh, as if it were yesterday. And of course, she's gone to be with the Lord now, but she stepped forward and, and gave everything that she had for her burial, etc. She took a huge step of faith. And I said to her, hey, I don't want to take this. You know, I, I don't want to take it. That's, you have that designated. You're not going to cheat me out of a blessing. I was so glad she had listened a lot to Oral Roberts back then. <laughs> but there was somebody else that stepped forward. And I mean, that church at that time had never been in a major expansion, had never given big. I mean, never beyond their tithe. I remember I had one individual that his tithe was down to the penny. $93.27, right to the penny. I went to him, I said, hey, why do you do that? Well, 10%, I figured it out. I said, it's not a tithe number. It's a position of the heart. What about rounding that off up? <laughs> Amen? What's my job? I'm going to coach you. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to do it. But another person that impressed me way back then is here tonight, Dwayne Townsend. Dwayne Townsend in that program and came into the church and really new to the program. And he and Faye, they're right over here, wrote a check. I don't know if you remember it. I do for $1,000. You will never know what that meant to me. I thought, God, if I've got a person that's coming in fresh to the ministry and catching the vision, there's something mysterious happening around here. 
you are causing it to begin to be birthed in the lives of individuals in the church. I have never forgotten that, you guys, and God has blessed you as a result of that. $1,000. Back then, the, uh, $1,000 was a lot of money, and how many agree with me right now? $1,000 is a lot of money right now. There you go. Amen. Amen. It's God. God is good all the time. We know faith. Let me give you a little acronym. Here it is. F, forward. A, action. I, inspired. T, through. H, him. What does that mean? It says forward action inspired through him. I will not remain the same. I will not allow what I see, which is negative, I will not allow that to dictate to me how I live in my life of faith. God, can we do more? Can I stretch? Is it possible? Let me help you with a few more points. Number one, accept the fact. If you believe what I'm preaching, accept the fact that faith has to grow or die. Accept that fact. Once you accept it, then you have to address your own lifestyle of faith. God, if my faith is not growing, it is dying. So that is a fact to me that I believe, accepted. Matthew 8, 26, he replied, Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? What was he saying? What was Jesus saying? He said, you should be further down the road than that. He said, your faith has not grown or you would not be afraid. How is it you of little faith? Because I'm going to throw at you circumstances and challenges that will require big faith that I expected you to be there. How is it that you still have little faith? Number two, we have to associate with faith builders. Amen? If I'm going to hang out with people that's going to help me grow my faith, I want to find some people who believe the way I do. Amen? I'm going to grow. I want faith builders to hang out with. Romans, Paul writes, Romans 1, 12, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You did what? Let me tell you about my faith. You walked where? Let me tell you about where I've been. Paul continues to write 2 Corinthians 10 verse 15. He says, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand as your faith begins to grow. So hang out with people that encourage you. Here's another area that I think is important. Most of the time, our challenge is not the circumstances, but the people that we associate with that will drag us down. And I can tell you almost every time, and so can you, if you have any idea at all, you say that person's going to go south because they're hanging out with people that don't go to church half the time, that are not known for their testimony, and if they hang their hat with them in lifestyle, hang their hat in activity, they're going to wind up being just like they are. But if you hang your hat on a person who says, hey, I'm going forward. Number three, trust the Word of God and stand on it. God said, that's the promised land. That's Canaan. That's where the grapes, that's where the fertile soil is. That's where I want you to go. Stand on the Word of God. 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. God's Word 
says, if you do these things, you will have eternal life. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. You can never go wrong by disciplining your faith to the degree in a positive way to walk closer to God. Here's another area. Number four, remember past victories. I do. Remember past victories. Joshua 24, verse 16 and 17, primary, verse 17, he protected us. Hey, guys, he protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we travel. He says, look back, here we are, you see the giants. Don't you remember that all these years we've been in the wilderness and we have faced more people than we can imagine, but God was with us. And God protected us. And no matter how large their military might was, we ate from heaven every single day. And we noticed that. But through all of that, have you noticed no one raised their hand against us? Why do you think that is? Because God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. Be that kind of a person that lifts up the name of the Lord. Remember your past victories and give him praise and give him honor and give him glory. And when you do, it'll take your negative circumstance and turn it to a positive before you actually see it. Here's another, number five, keep your faith active. Keep it active. Hebrews 11, verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to do what? To please God. To please God. God is not pleased with inactive faith. He's not pleased with, oh, ye of little faith. He's pleased with people who keep their faith active. Active is activity. Activity. Roll my sleeves up. I am active. Activity. Joshua and Caleb would not regress in their faith. All men need is a faith that will not shrink when walked into the waters of affliction and adversity. So how do I view the challenges that hit me in the face or that wear me down or says you got to have this done and that's gone wrong and that's gone wrong and that's gone wrong? Have you ever thought about that they may be God's way of stretching you in your faith because he needs someone to be this big in their faith to accomplish this big goal for his honor and his glory? How wonderful is that? I had a friend of mine pastoring a church about our size, had never had a capital campaign. And he went to me and he was in need of a building and they, they were living in a, or having worship in a residential neighborhood and the traffic was horrible and all kind of cops to try to straighten it out. The neighbors were complaining because of, of the growth of the church. And I said, you're going to have to have a capital campaign and I can help you with that. And he looked at me, he said, Wayne, I can't do it. My church is not like your church. I said, no, no two churches are alike. He said, my church, they don't have the money like your church has. I said, let me tell you about my people. The people that I pastor are individuals who love Jesus and who understand that miracles come when you reach for your help. Somebody say amen. That's what they understand. Why? Because they've done it over and over and over and over and over and over. You need to have the capital campaign. He said, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I said, I know why you're not going to be able to do it, because you're chicken. He did do it. He did do it. What he didn't know 
that seated in his congregation were two or three men and women who when the campaign totals came in they had written a check each for a million bucks he never knew they were there you see you know what i believe right here among us tonight are two or three people <laughs> who have the potential how you like that have the potential the old guy said lord I promise you, if you'll give me $10 million, I'll pay my tithe. You know what God says? You don't pay your tithe off the $100 now. How in the world could I ever expect you to give if I gave you $10 million? He came to me later, and he said, I can't believe it. I said, you just needed a little nudge to put you on out there where you had chosen never to go. But God honored that act of faith. Please hear me. Your situation and your life and your family may not be that big, but is it possible that God's something, God has something just right outside the normal in your life that He wants to do? Is it possible that just right a few feet away from you, a few steps of faith away, that God says, I've got a land of promise, I've got something so good for you, and it's still here? And it's not moving closer. You're going to have to come toward it. Exercise your faith. Walk by faith. Believe the impossible. Trust God. And then here's where we're at finally. Number six, ask God to increase your faith. How many of you know that he will? He will. Ask him to increase your faith. Mark 9, 23, he said, if you can, said Jesus, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. If you can, and that's my question, is it possible that you can? Is it possible that from this message tonight, God can speak to your heart as you develop your personal faith, as you develop your active faith? You see, faith gives us the courage to face the present with confidence and the future with expectancy. Father, I believe. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege. Thank you for the wonderful reign that you have given us. God, I, I want to thank you for the blessing of this message tonight that you laid upon my heart. And God, if it speaks to one person, we don't want to get tangled up in negative issues. We don't want to get tangled up in innuendo. We don't want to get tangled up in gossip. We, we, don't, we don't want to get tangled up in pointing to people and blame game and all of that. God, when we can spend our time thinking about ways of how to be more creative, of how to go further down the road, of how to have a better faith tomorrow than we had today. That, God, we don't allow excuses to get into our vocabulary. Well, I've served my time. I've reached that stage, and not much is required of me like it used to be. God, since when do we find that in the Scripture? Caleb stayed with the program a number of years after this time that we read about in Numbers because he said, finally, after all those years, I'm stronger now than I was back then. And God, you give me this land that you have promised me. What an attitude he developed. And God, that's the attitude and the fire that I want to have. Jesus, in your name, I claim that promise. 
just in case there might be some listening online and some of you in this room whose heart's not right i want to give you a chance to respond so would you repeat this prayer please everybody dear jesus dear jesus i thank you for your word i thank you for your word i have heard you i have heard you i realize in my heart, I in my heart that, I right that i am not right in my relationship with you, relationship with you. And, I and i need a new immersion, a new immersion of, faith. of faith so come into my heart Create in me a pure heart, a pure mind. Create in me an aggressive spirit to do your will and to always say, not my will, but thy will be done. Let that be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing this song. And before we let you slip out, this is a stellar moment for some of you. You see, the step forward to that faith being aggressive is practicing a step now. Big dreams, you ought to have them. Big ideas, you can't outthink God. It's amazing to me. You can't outthink God. You can't outplan Him. You can't outbuild Him. You can't outimagine Him. And if you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I've, I've had a couple things that's been churning and resonating in my spirit. And I've been afraid. But tonight I'm going to see what God can do. And I just want to slip down. And whatever your need is, we're going to sing it once, give you a chance to come. And then I'll give you the benediction. Would you do that? Be obedient to the Lord if God is speaking to you, please. Draw me close to you. Shall we? Thank you, Jesus. And no one else will do. Let's sing it together, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Because nothing else can take your place. Here we go. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Thank you, Lord. Help me find the way. Bring me back to you. Father God, in your name, this is your word. You said when it's cast out, it will not return void. I pray our hearts will be open and receptive. I pray that tonight that maybe our minds could ponder the truths or the words that were stated tonight and bring to memory.
I pray, God, in your name that we'll have a fire that has been birthed as a result of this message that will rekindle enthusiasm in someone's life, will rekindle, Father God, a greater vision than what they have had, that God in Jesus' name will unlock the door of a door that's been locked by fear, but it's open because of faith. And Lord, we promise you, we will not quit, we will not retreat, we will not get whiny, we will not get discouraged because we're choosing to build the faith that you've given us. Let it be so in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I love you, everybody. God bless you. Happy Memorial Day.